And uh, I mean, we were on a rocket ship, man. We were the first female supplement brand that was using social media to drive attention to the brand. What was your biggest female brand? I mean, shreds. I'm saying, but like another supplement. I mean, there wasn't one. So it was just... Like, no, literally, it, like, we were the first people in that path. No one had thought to make supplements for women, mm. and we were selling fat burners, and women are the ones who care about losing weight yeah. more, than, more than men do, right? Yep. And so at the end of the day, we went from doing, you know, just below six figures, and the next year we hit $3.4, $3.8 million in sales. Oh, sure. And we knew we had something at that point. Dude, we all have the best time ever to start a small business. If I'm not going to be 100% in, I'm not going to do it. Come on, man. Just be yourself. Yeah, and, like, and just show up as yourself. If you don't realize what I'm really about, I'm about freedom, family, and my country. Encore. Cheers. Cheers, man. Welcome. I don't know how you drink that much caffeine this late. It's the only thing that keeps me going. I'd keep going and going and going. I wouldn't go to bed. Man, if we were only like the Energizer Bunny, things would be easier. It's very true. So we were connected through a friend, Albert, another friend, Jamie, a friend of the show, Eat Clean Bro. Everybody loves Jamie. Um, you have a really great story, inspiring story, and also a tough story at the same time that a lot of people can grab nuggets out of and learn from. Um, Shreds was a company that you were a co-founder and owner in as well as a lot of other parent and sister companies that were affiliated with that. Um, you were able to take that business to some very significant revenues and you were across multitude of countries. Uh, it wasn't just based here in the US. You had a big part to do with launching affiliate marketing and influencers at the time, particularly in the bodybuilding and fitness and sports nutrition space and uh, really were a pioneer of that, that craft, you and your partners at the time. So when I was introduced, I got on a phone call with you. I let it rip. I'd be real. And then I sit back and be like, can I, can I handle this? Yeah. And uh, you, your responses were perfect. Um, you probably have practiced a lot of that. A little bit. A little bit. And uh, I thought that your big win and then your big loss and now your big comeback, which is going to be better, um, could be something that people can learn from. And this show is about turning around and helping people. So I'm going to get into your story, and we're going to let Let's it go it. where it goes, and we'll go from there. So thank you for being here. Thanks, man. I appreciate the opportunity to sit by the fire. But uh, Evan, I need to bring him to every interview I do. That's probably one of the best introductions I've ever had. Listen, I told you, I'm pretty good, huh? No, you're, you're the man, man. You are. See, you, went, you read that book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, like of 12 course. times. Yeah. Dale Carnegie, smart guy. If you haven't read that book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, I do the opposite of that. So, you know a book no one on your show has talked about? The Art of Woo. The Art of Boo? Woo. W-O-O. What's that? Changed my life. What is it about? Essentially, the art of persuasive selling. Mm. And then all these great moments in history where people had to convince other people to do what they wanted and just how they went about doing it. Do they talk about presidents? They, they talk about all sorts of stuff. Yeah. I'm going to check it out. The Art of Woo. Woo. Yeah. Mm, not The Art of War. Well, another great book, but The Art of Woo is just a special place in my life. Yeah. Well, you wooed me over. That's why you're here. Don't tease me with a good time. So, grew up kind of scattering around the country, 
your dad was a contractor who worked side by side with the military in the computer space. We'll just leave it at that. And you end up landing in Princeton, New Jersey. So you're here in, you know, Lawrenceville, born and raised, um, Jersey guy. You, where'd you end up going to college, by the way? Maryland. Maryland. Terps. Terps. All right. Were you a big football fan or no? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Went to the games? Of course. The tailgates. Tailgates. Wild. I never experienced a tailgate before college. Mm. Amazing. Why not? Your dad didn't like football? I just grew up lower middle class. Mm-hmm. Didn't really have a chance to go to a game. It's expensive. It's even more expensive nowadays. Yeah. I don't know how middle class pays for football games for I think Jets five. tickets are a lot cheaper now. Jets are a lot cheaper, yes. So if anyone hasn't been to a game, that's an easy win. Yeah. But that's a shitty game to go to, you know? I want to give them a good experience. I don't know, man. They're... they're you, you could be surprised by how you that could. team performs. Yeah, you might. They got a good defense. They got a lot of talented players. But I'm a Giants guy through and through. Yeah. If you couldn't tell from the blue. How do you like the, uh, the Giants this year? Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. I just have to throw that out there. What about I'm Giants a Giants last guy. year? I think being a New York sports fan is terrible for my health. Yeah. Right? I mean, Yankees, Giants, Rangers, so on and so forth. I mean, we've had our good moments, but there's been so many You could many be Mets, years. Jets. That's even worse. I mean, but there is some hope. Different, different opportunities there. Obama brought hope and change. Look where we are today. You know? So, go to college in Maryland, and I'm kind of skipping over a little bit of your childhood just for the sake of time. Facial hair, growth, you know, growth spread. We don't need to talk about we, that. We went, we went past all that. Okay. We're done. They obviously see that you're a silver fox. Nice, nice facial hair. Great flannel. You should wear it more often. And you go to college. What did you go to college for? Uh, finance. Finance. Yeah. I hate finance guys. Dude, first finance internship, I'm staring at four Excel, four screens of Excel. Mm. I was like, I'm going to kill myself. Oh, I, I don't think this is going to be it Accounting. For me. You sound like you were in accounting. No, no, it was financial analysis and so on and so forth. But I was like, I, I just can't do this. So I went back to hustling with marketing and just doing all the things I did growing up. Did you like... To take you back as a younger kid real quick, did you, were you like hustling like chips in school? Were you like selling sneakers out the trunk? Everything. Everything. The chocolate bars, the paper routes. Yeah. I would be the guy who'd mastermind a bunch of his friends to work underneath him. Mm-hmm. And we all just had this like this massive package with like the paper company or whether it was like getting a discount and buying 36 boxes of the chocolate instead of get, just getting one. What about like, what about like snow shoveling? So. Landscaping. When, Snow shoveling was one of those things that I never got too deep into, and it was more because my parents were too strict. Can make a lot of money. They, they thought I would get sick, so they were being protective of me and like all that kind of stuff. Mm. But tutoring, selling anything I could get my hands on that was worth selling, all of that. Yeah, you were hungry. Yeah. What do you think made you so hungry to be successful? I think there were just things that my parents would want to give me but couldn't because of the financial situation. Yeah. So expensive. Just the idea of like wanting a Nintendo system or wanting a Sega Genesis or wanting a Game Boy or um, going to a concert or any one of those types of things. My parents just- Going were, to a football game. Going to a football game. I mean, at that point, I didn't really think about that being a priority, but if, unless I made my own money, it was impossible for me to get any of that. Mm-hmm. And so I think I started at the age of like nine of flipping whatever I could. By the time I was 14, I had a beeper Ooh. doing different deals and whatever I needed to do. And then, you know, I was also a year younger than everyone else in my grade because I had kind of like started school uh, earlier. Was it a clear beeper, clear blue, green, or was it like a dark black? All black. 
All black. Just with the, with the all green business. screen. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think some old guys, when they're not on social media and doing what you and I are doing, they're they're still trying to work with beepers. And cell phones have been out for yeah, about When's the last years. time you saw a beeper? I haven't. I haven't seen a beeper in years. No. It was got to be in a museum or something. It's got to be a museum. But essentially, old guys, you know, still in sales, still doing business, business owners, they're like, social media, it's like, dude, it's, it's, it's here. It's just, it's definitely here. It's not going anywhere. Like, just get on. It's okay. It's funny. I think they're secretly on it. They just don't tell us. That is also true. Right? Because yeah. how else would they get their entertainment if they're not scrolling? Yeah. Well, them, you know, they read the New York Post, you know. Maybe they put on CNN. You get a lot of entertainment there. Some a lot of clowns. But, uh... I digress. So you had that hustler mentality in you already. And you go to college. Did you end up with a finance degree or you end up with a marketing degree? Yeah, dual degree. Uh, one degree was in finance. The other degree was in economics. And I had a minor in astronomy. Mm. Why astronomy? Women love the stars. Really? Yeah. The stars, the moon, the sky? All my AP credits added up to almost give me the minor anyway. I just had to take two or three courses. And Does that I have to kind take... of do with like signs and... No, that, that'd be astrology. So you're doing... All right. This is more like pointing out the constellations. The word's close. I mean, I didn't graduate high school. You don't got to pick on me. It's a close word. Hey, man, I mean... And the I'm, Indians I'm are very Hindu. into that stuff. It's, it's, yeah, we're all into it. The Indians we're, are very into the whole... Got a PhD know. in all of it just from being raised as a Hindu. Yeah, it's like, so. you know, you got to like... You got the eye on your head and they got... When were you born and what's going down in your predestined? Yeah, for sure, man. I just got married. We had to check with the priest about the positioning of the stars and when it would be an auspicious time. So to, where, where, where was it? In New Jersey. The stars was, was proper. I mean, it took you a little convincing up. of the priest before they approved the time, but I was able to take my seven laps around the fire and now I'm a married man. That's too hard to get married. Marriage is hard enough. A lot of steps, man, but we got there. There's a lot of steps. Yeah. Um, if, if you guys watch and you haven't watched, you need to watch Michael Gorman's episode where he goes very deep on all of this because he has a lot of Indian investors and Indian clients that they went and invested in this. You said you watched every episode. Did you see that one? Yeah. It's great. Great episode. So he's got a, he's got like a really interesting insight into uh, just knowing everyone that he works with mm-hmm. so that he could just relate to whatever, whatever's going on. Yeah. He's very smart. Yeah. Super intelligent. He's got like 37 designations after his name on his business card. I don't even think there's enough room. No bullshit. You know, uh, I don't have any letters after my name. I, that's where I'm going to keep it. Yeah. Me neither. Me neither. So, get out of college. What do you start doing? What are you, what are you doing for work? Yeah, so my mom was in retail her whole life. And I had an opportunity to be an assistant store manager at a Kmart. Believe it or not. And so my mother was pushing, go ahead and do it. You could become a district manager, make a six-figure salary, so on and so forth. So I gave that a shot after I, de- I decided finance wasn't going to be for me and what it was going to be. And uh, I realized retail wasn't for me either. Just the hours were crazy and the demands and the hierarchy. It wasn't going to work. So I started my first marketing agency. Uh, I think I was 21 at the time. And just started taking on clients that needed marketing support. And this is like going to a dentist office or a restaurant before Google Maps even existed, right? Mm-hmm. So this is MapQuest, Yahoo Maps, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Helping brands get digitized, get online, help people find those brands and those businesses. It was just something that came easy, easy to me at the time. Mm-hmm. 
So really before Google got started in a sense of SEO and obviously everything's online nowadays, yeah. you were helping to keep it simplified, just get businesses online. So people have easier access to look them up, find them, map quest them. Yeah, whatever, whatever it was that they needed. A website. And I think at the end of the day, if there's an audience out there that you want to introduce something to, I just figured out whatever time frame I was in, whether it was 2006 or whether it's 2023, what's the method to get that message over to them? Mm -hmm. So where did this take you? You know, did you end up landing some large clients? Did you end up finding something specific in that space that was like, hmm, I see a hole, I see a spot I can go shoot through and do yeah. something big? So I, I joined the Chamber of Commerce in Mercer County and they were introducing me to different businesses and I came upon a dentist office that I just had a lot of people holding my flag high when I walked into this office. They were doing around 300, 400K a year. There was a small office, nothing too big, but I pretty much guaranteed them that I would grow their business like 10X of what it was. And then when that happened, they need to pay me 300 grand. And if I do that, right, why would anyone be upset? But if I don't do it, you don't pay me a single dollar. Had a rock solid contract written up by a family member, had everyone sign everything off. What do you think happened at the end of the year? You didn't do it. 3.4 million in business for this business, but they couldn't pay me. Why, they were spending all the money? They spent all the money expanding, opened two other locations, hired all these people. But in the contract, if they didn't pay me within 30 days of the cure period, I would own a piece of the business. And so I just ran their finances for the next year, paid myself out, bought myself out, handed them the business back. So that, killed, that catapulted me into having all the SexX cash that I could invest in different opportunities. What did you do for them that was so good? Honestly, partnerships with every elementary school I could find, getting them on MapQuest, Yahoo Maps. The Yahoo Maps optimization killed it for us. Mm -hmm. No one was doing zip code targeting at that point in time. And honestly, I don't even think it was a thing. People just didn't know about it. Mm -hmm. But I had uh, individual landing pages for every single zip code. And like when I say zip code, I mean the full yeah. digits, even the extra four extensions. And so and literally, no matter where you were in that county, if you search for a dentist's office, this office would show up first. Mm. Can't do that hack no more. Oh, well, you can. It just costs a little bit more than it, than it did back then. <laughs> so that really had you... Get confident and realize that you thought outside the box. You were able to do some different things. What did you go do? Obviously, you didn't get a lump sum of three hundred grand, but you were oh no, I did. Oh, you did end up getting. Yeah, I reinvested that into other businesses, other opportunities, hiring help. Uh, unfortunately, I had a, a really tough breakup right around that time in my life, and uh, I went into a dark place at that time. And uh, you know, interestingly enough, the reason she broke up with me, she said I didn't make enough money. Mm. But that's because, you know, when you're struggling to get to a certain point, you don't yeah, have you that cash Yeah, you keep dumping there. your money back in. Right. So, I mean, I, I let that person go, but I took two years to kind of just be a total loser, get over what I was going through. Mm -hmm. And when I came out of it, my best friend had owned uh, a nightclub that we always dreamed of because I was a DJ, one of the many things that I've done in my life. And uh, I just opened up a, my marketing agency back inside his nightclub. And uh, one thing led to the next, and I got introduced to the people that we started Shreds with. No shit. 
And for those people who may be watching who don't know what Shreds is, just kind of give us a quick rundown of what it is, what you did, what your function was. Yeah, I mean, it's a business that I hold close to my chest that I, I just, I loved everything that we did while we were there. In the age of sports supplements, back then, and we're talking 2009, 2010, it was only the big brands that existed. And so there was just no way to enter the space as a new brand because everyone would just laugh you off if you weren't one of the big you brands. You didn't have the money to go buy the big press. Yeah, absolutely. So the team that got involved together had an opportunity to create this brand with the cool name, Shreds. And mm. the whole idea is like when you get shredded, you're mm. cut. And so we decided to Z to it for our own spin. And long story short, we tried to go the old fashioned route because everyone said you have to go to retail. That's how you get, move a supplement brand. You got to call these like supplement stores, keep calling until your fingers hurt and try to get these guys to take the brand and put it in the store. I mean, hundreds of stores were, were able to be put into a spreadsheet for us, right? Thousands of stores. We called every single one and I think it was like 300 to one would hang up on us or would, would, the one person would talk to us. And of those few that picked up the phone, we converted maybe like 10 of them into bringing the brand in. And it was, it was tough. And so I think it was 2011 where I told everyone, like, let's just go into the social media end of this and let, let's really pump something into a Black Friday sale. And uh, I mean, before that point in the year, I think we only had done like eight, $9,000 in sales, all wholesale. Mm -hmm. But we ended up doing uh, around 90 grand just on Black Friday weekend, on, all online sales, all doing PayPal buy now buttons. Because that's what that's all there was. There was no Shopify. There was no e-commerce. How do platforms. I do six figures in coaching packages this Black Friday? Oh, we could talk about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you want to jump into that? We could jump into that. No, we can, we'll, we'll get we'll get we'll dive a little bit deeper on the on the the digital infrastructure and okay. all that in a little bit. I want to I want to dive into shreds a little bit more. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, we all instantly realized social media was going to be the way to grow this brand, and we decided that affiliate marketing even though I didn't really have a name back then, because it was really just like the guys who were doing the SEO hacking domain, black hat mm -hmm. selling of like, you know, weird like pills, like stuff that would enhance your know, sexual drive and like yeah. whatever else. Like, none of like this stuff was really prevalent. And we created this unique customer experience for however you got introduced to the brand. And this was part of our secret sauce, but I can tell you more about that as we keep going. But in the, in the nascent years, when there was an opportunity to find the brand because you were a yoga enthusiast or you were a bodybuilding enthusiast or you were a CrossFit enthusiast, whatever it was, every image that you would see throughout the process of going to the brand social media pages, going to the website landing page that you landed on, the email that you got after purchasing, the name of the products, the name of the stack or bundle, it was just all customized so that you didn't get like tomfoolery into thinking that you came here for one reason and then when you got there it was something totally different. And people it's had a customer's journey. Yeah. And people loved it. I mean, it was it was this growing market for us. And in twenty twelve, I looked at the numbers and, and were these funnels you were running? Yeah, this is essentially funnels before funnels existed. Yeah. Except thousands of them. Mm -hmm. And I mean hundreds at that point, but over the How course How are you deploying them? Just build them one at a time. Fuck. Buy another domain, build another site. PayPal, buy now, buttons. And then were and, and then were you were you building like Facebook pages, like yeah. private pages? Yeah. And then making those pages about what? I mean, yoga, CrossFit, um, 
power deadlifting, powerlifting, uh, rowing. That still can work to this day. It absolutely still does work till this day. Yeah. But, I mean, no one was doing it back then in this specific category. Mm. And in 2012, I looked at the numbers and the customer data, and I was just really insanely in tune with the customer data. But we realized 80% of the customers were female. And all of our marketing was towards hardcore men. And mm. we're like, I should slap a pink label on this and see what happens. So we slapped a pink label on it. Changed the formula and tweaked a little bit because men and women are wired differently. We were on a rocket ship. Technically, that is, that's not good to say. They're not wired differently. They are one and the same. That's offensive nowadays. I don't know about that. They're wired, I mean, they're wired differently. I don't know. They're actually. In terms of supplements, there's a reason there's women's supplements gender. and male supplements. Nope, doesn't matter. It should all be the same supplement. I digress, but. Okay. I'm going to stand my ground on that, that there's formulations that are better for, for women than there's formulations better for men. And, uh, I mean, we were on a rocket ship, man. We were the first female supplement brand that you was using social media to drive attention to the brand. What was your biggest female brand? I mean, Shreds. I'm saying, but, like, another supplement. I mean, there wasn't one. So it was just... Like, no, literally, it, like, we were the first people in that path no one had thought to make supplements for women, mm. and we were selling fat burners, and women are the ones who care about losing weight yeah. more, than, more than men do, right? Yep. And so at the end of the day, we went from doing you know, just below six figures, and the next year we had $3.4 $3.8 million in sales. Oh, shit. And we knew we had something at that point. I want to dive a little bit deeper into this shreds. I want to get into the technical side of digital infrastructure. We're going to take a quick break, and I'll be right back. Taking a quick break in the podcast, I want to talk about the Pit 2.0. What is the Pit 2.0? It's made up of a huge network of people across all different industries that are solving problems, creating solutions, and also bringing together a lot of marketing and sales ideas. If you want to get into a Pit group like this, very inexpensive, $147 a month. If you want to learn more about it, check out the links and the information below. Hopping back in to Shreds. Okay, let's do it. So you obviously expose and exploit and get ahead of the curve when it comes to social media, affiliate marketing, influencers. And again, none of it was called it that back then. Now it is. It's coined that. You should have coined the phrase. That would have been even better. But I think I did coin the phrase, man, to be honest. You got a, you got a trademark on it? There's articles and there's all sorts of stuff that give me credit. It's all out there. Who posted the article? <laughs> We're not going to go into those details. <laughs> but I, I think... The way I actually like to describe it is that disruption marketing was at the core of what we did. Mm -hmm. So whether we were disrupting in introducing female supplements to the market, whether we were disrupting in creating affiliate marketing that was paying so much more than any other affiliate marketing program that ever existed to drive these people to want to become athletes and ambassadors and grow their own stores and their own pages. Or if it was going to an expo. I mean, the fitness expos were trash. Mm. I remember I went to the first one in 2013. It was the Arnold Expo in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, do you know why it's in Ohio? What's that? Do you know why the Arnold is in Ohio? No. Uh, so Columbus, Ohio was voted... The, Who the fuck goes to Ohio? <laughs> voted the most obese city in the entire country. So when Arnold decided he was going to do his own expo, he put it in that city. Just to bring all this attention and awareness. I just got Arnold's new book. Which one? Today. Just his latest one. one. Oh, I haven't. I haven't even heard about that yet. Yeah. 
Supposedly it's really good for people that are in a rut. Okay, I'll check that out. Yeah. So I'm walking the floor, and it's literally just a bunch of bodybuilders sitting behind a six-foot folding table with signature cards, signing them, and, like, shaking your hand. Yeah, the fitness community is really hard for me, man. All, all of them are just, like, you know, just way into their bodies and into each other and, you know, no fun. We're not allowed to have fun. Well, I had to change that. Yeah. And so, I mean, we disrupted the entire fitness expo scene because I was the first person to bring a DJ, LED lights, create an experience on the line while you're waiting in line. What was your DJ name? My DJ name was DJ Ace. Mm. But I, I, didn't, I didn't spin. I actually it should got, have been DJ Encore. Actually, you know, interestingly enough, I don't know why I never thought about that. He but, fucking beat you to it. That's a real DJ. Yeah, yeah, he is. These are Hot 97 or 1051, right? I think so, yeah. But, I mean, I had music videos and I had mixtapes and all that. DJ Ace was a big deal in the New York send me over, uh, Send me over something. Okay, we'll, we'll find it. I mean, YouTube wasn't that big back then, but I'm sure I could figure it out. Come on. Send me over your, send me over your beats. I think I still have some CDs in the garage. I'll uh, grab a couple of those. Do you have a CD player? No. How you have you? an outdoor shower, but you don't have a CD player? That makes no sense. I just, I feel just like you have everything. You have every gadget that a guy would want to have. I don't have an old pickup truck, and I drove by one today when I was on my quad. I want an old pickup truck. What, what's your dream pickup truck car? Is there a year? Is there a model? Just an old one. It could be a Ford, could be a Chevy, could have a cargo wooden bed. Like a 1960s Dodge Ram. It's just like a beauty. Like a powerhouse? It's just beauty. What'd they call that one? Power boost? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Power wagon. Every time I drive power by wagon. one, I'm like, I want one. I have to have one at one point I saw point one in, in Vermont life. two weeks ago. Power wagon. With a plow on it. With a plow? With a plow. Welcome to Jersey. What do you want? I mean, right now, I'm happy with a hybrid. What do you want? What are you happy with? In a, in a car? Yeah. I mean... I, w- I would love uh, a Raptor. Raptor? F-150 truck? Raptor. Yeah. Yeah, they're cool. It's a little I showy. Love, I love my Tremor. I mean, I mean your car's beautiful. I would, I would... The Raptor is very bouncy. Oh! You see that? You're right over there? Told you, fire smoky. The, the Raptor's very bouncy. I mean, it's made for the desert. It's made for that setup. It's a lot wider. I just personally... And it doesn't have as much technology. They, like, they've changed that. They haven't, dude. I, I ordered the new one, and then I didn't take it. Huh. So I personally like my truck better, and it's 77000 versus 105000 uh But anyway, if you wanted to wrap that's what you want, whatever. I'd take it an old truck. It's Joey Swole's fault, man. He, he got me to be in love with the grill of the Raptor, and now it's just the car that I've wanted for a while. All right. We need to get you one. All-American Ford. I mean, honestly, I don't think I ever want to spend money on cars again. I've had all the good, fun toys. And what do you got? What was your What was your top toy? I mean, I had uh, I had the AMGs from Mercedes. I had the SVRs from. Jaguar. I see it like a fancy, like AMG guy, silver. I mean, Mercedes has is a great experience. I never experienced like weird racism going to Mercedes to buy a car, but I've experienced it in other places. The fuck was that? The fuck does that mean? So <clears throat> weird racism to buy a car? Yo, man, it's it's crazy. Like pedigree, Cause prejudice, you're Indian? huh? Because you're Indian. I mean, the, the the things that I've gone through in in the car world is just weird. I uh, I had all the shreds money in the world, and I wanted to finally go get an Aston Martin. I roll up to Aston Martin. Advantage. They wouldn't, even, they wouldn't even talk to me. Advantage. Yeah, they wouldn't talk to me. 
Mm. And obviously that's from growing up watching James Bond and you know yeah. loving the Aston Martin car. And granted, the technology sucked inside an Aston terrible. Martin. So terrible, terrible speakers, it. terrible phone. But I just I was shocked that they wouldn't even talk to me. My my partner, well, he he left the firm now. Jim, he's got an Aston Martin Vantage white. He doesn't even drive the thing. It's like. Just give it to me so I can beat the shit out of it on my vlog, and then maybe my vlog would take off. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, your vlog will take off. No, you told me my vlog sucks. As soon as you get vulnerable. I'm fucking vulnerable. I, I just told you I'm vulnerable on LinkedIn. You're like, oh, you're too hard on yourself. I know, but on video, you got to be vulnerable, and then someone's got to pick what you do back you, up. You want me to cry or something on video? No, no one wants to see you cry. So what do you want me to do on video? What do you want to talk about right now? If you're going to go with your vlog, it can't just be about the agenda of the day. That's just, I feel like that's all I know what to do. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta tell people, yo, this is why I love this part of my day. Yeah. Can you come over and just coach me through the vlog? Yeah, we can do that. All right. But you might have to throw something on the grill for me, because I hear you know how to grill. We can grill. We got, we got the griddle. Okay. We got the grill. I'll bring my grill party barbecue seasonings. We can make it happen. Flavor God. Yeah, I don't, I don't have access to Flavor God inventory anymore, but I, but I have my own. You don't have, have any leftovers? Season. You don't have like a leftover hidden stash? No, man. But uh, I have a new seasoning company called Grill Party Barbecue. All right, so bring some. You got it, man. I'll send you a 10-pack. All right, so let's get back to shreds. Okay, let's get into it. So you exposed something that, and disrupted, to use your word, you disrupted a market with marketing tactics that wasn't being used yet, or at least yep. not at a, at, a, at a high volume in the industry that you were in. Where did that company go to? What did the revs go to? You know, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, right? You're in, you know, a ton of countries. Where, how yeah. large did Shreds get and its sister or parent companies? Um, I mean, at its peak, I want to say that ship, shipments were happening to somewhere around 97 different countries. It's crazy. And which is nuts, right? And, and the regulatory demands of getting supplements to certain countries is like a yeah, whole thing. How do you fucking deal with that? Team of lawyers? Huge teams. Ten, ten firms on retainer at one did you, point. Yeah, I was going to say, did you outsource we had a We had a firm for employment law. We had a firm for contracts. We had in-house general counsel. We had a CLO. We had all sorts of people. We had an FDA attorney. It was just like you had to have everything. But uh, in terms of revenue, I mean, FDA, obviously they seem pretty. The FDA seems pretty fair. <laughs> Love those guys. Yeah. The FDA, see Did a great the job with the vaccine recently. And so... I mean, it's a public company, so I, I can't give out the, the official numbers across everything. But at its peak and combined over the years, well into the nine digits yeah. of sales. It's a big company. Yeah. And it, it turned into a conglomerate because there's multiple other brands underneath it. Yeah, it just brands. starts to get too big. You know, yeah. your, your demand is there and there's different markets, different pockets. You don't want people to compete that are buying from you. It's, you know... It's just like why does Costco and Walmart and Home Depot and Lowe's get different deals direct with the the carriers itself for dishwashers or refrigerators or yeah. tools that you and I can't buy somewhere else. You know, they, they can't compete with themselves or they're going to piss everybody off, right? So you guys got wise to that, created a bunch of different brands, which was, you know, an intelligent thing to do. I mean, I, I think the simplest way to put it was we were looking at the photos we were posting and we realized... You know, we might have 10 million, 100 million followers, but maybe 1% of them or a fractional percent are buying supplements. Did you have 100 million followers on the... I think, uh, yeah, at one point we, we tracked it and we were at that point across all the accounts yeah. that the conglomerate had access to. Mm. I mean, we, we had a lot of power yeah. in terms of launching something whenever we wanted on a drop of a dime, doing a flash sale, whatever we wanted. 
And so if such a small percentage of the people who are seeing this photo are buying supplements, maybe we should get into apparel, the apparel that this model is wearing. Maybe we should get into accessories, sunglasses, coffee, tea, other consumables, suntan mm -hmm. lotion, whatever we can Why get our hands yeah. on. And so then it got to a point It's where, called the velocity of eyes. Exactly. And at one point, we had every single thing in that photo was a brand we owned. Mm -hmm. So it was awesome. Yeah, and, and the ego would tell you, this is funny, I want to point it out, this is something that my brain goes to. Your ego would tell you to put shreds on everything. I mean, because my not partner your, certainly tried. Not, not yours, not, I'm saying not your ego or your no, partner's no, I ego. Yeah, yeah. I don't know your partner, but your, me or anybody else, it would be like your brand on everything, right? Fireside on everything, the pit on everything, or, or my finance company, you know, wealth coordination on everything. Like, it, it doesn't fucking matter. If it results in dollars and your consumers are buying it and it makes sense to go with that brand, why wouldn't you do it? And I think a lot of young business owners, this is a little nugget for somebody to take away, like branding is key. Absolutely. Branding is everything. You may not be Nike the swoosh, but go read Shoe Dog. Go understand how he built that brand and how he embodied it. A lot of what you did, right? Shoe Dog is very close to your story of like getting in with the athletes and doing yeah. that. Yours was more futuristic than what he did back then. But at the same time, you got to remove your ego when it comes to some of this stuff. Your, your name, your business doesn't need to be on everything. I, I'd like to extend that, right? Branding is a very powerful tool, but the thing that I think is everything is attribution segmentation. Explain what that is. So it's this idea of understanding that a consumer wants a very specific experience throughout this whole process. Let, let me give you this one. Customer technique. journey. Right? So there's this thing called Black Friday, Cyber Monday. And all these brands spend a crazy amount of money driving traffic to their website, promoting these sales that are like 25% off, 30% off, 50% off, whatever it is. And then come January, they're running ads to this new audience that they just got because they were running these crazy ads, but they're showing them full price in January. You think anyone who ever got it for 50% off is ever going to pay full price for this product? Hmm. No chance. So you have to segment people that are buying your product at a discount. It depends if they're a one-time buyer. Man, I, I've done the studies. I've looked at the stats. I was just saying, like, if someone buys coaching from me, I don't want to coach them again in January if I just coach them in November. If I got to coach them again in January, I suck. Well, I'm probably I'm not rehiring me. I'm definitely referring to CPG. Yeah, all right. I suggest consumer package goods. Yeah. According, I mean, in digital services, it's like a whole other monster and a beast. Mm -hmm. But... Just no one's buying at full price. Like once you find out that Marshalls has the same stuff that Macy's or Nordstrom has mm -hmm. for a third of the price, you're never buying that from Nordstrom or Macy's again. I happened the other day with my griddle grill. Home Depot had it for two fifty. Lowe's one ninety nine. It's only a mile further down the road. But once you know, you know. How the fuck did they even do that? How does this, the the people who are pricing at Home Depot not even looked at the Lowe's a mile up the road has it for fifty dollars less? You want the honest answer? Yeah, they, they don't they care. Just don't care. Yeah, they don't care. And, and bandwidth is, is tough at big box retail, and they're so worried about planograms, and they're so worried about getting the foot traffic, they're not worried about the conversion metrics. Yeah, they just want to get people in the door. And, and they just assume that when you're in the door, the experts will convince them to buy anything. Yeah, what experts? I mean, the people that are working the foot. That's Home Depot calls their staff the experts. All right. And then Lowe's calls them something else. Associates. Is it associates? Lowe's or is it associates. Contractors? I worked it's at Lowe's. Something. Okay. Yeah. My mother worked at Home Depot for pretty much her whole career. Home Depot story is great. Ken Langone's a great guy. Yeah. You ever read that book? 
I never I love, read the book, but I, was, I love capitalism. I was sitting there building birdhouses at the age of six, going to work with my mom. Yeah, Lowe's does that. I actually want to go do that with my son. Yeah, he'd love it. Yeah, they, 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 they do a good job with that type of stuff. I love capitalism. Ken Langone, who also pretty much funds NYU um, for free. Every doctor goes to college for free because of Ken Langone and you know how you know charitable he is. But that book is amazing. I mean, he's a real as fuck Long Island, Italian, middle-class guy, you know, just put himself in the right rooms, made the right deals, started out as an investment banker. Great book. Seriously, read it. Yeah, I, I will. Definitely. I love capitalism. Another book that you guys need to read. So you really were able to do something great with Shreds, and life was great, and you were making a great personal income. You had power, especially in the industry that you were in. You probably got to start rub elbows with some government entities, and you, you were doing it all, right? There's a lot of doors that were opened, and it was our choice to walk through which door we wanted. Yep, and that's cool. It's exciting, it's scary. Um, but then the business was, was ripped away from you in a sense. You had decided to take a little bit of a step away. You wanted to do a little bit more personal stuff. You had been in the metrics. You had been in the Excel sheets. You had been in the marketing, the digital stuff for a long time, and it was sort of burning you out. And then the business sort of fell to the wayside without you being involved to some, to some pedigree. Yeah, I think, I think <clears throat> the, the best way to explain this is that... And I know it's a sensitive topic because you're no longer there, so I don't yeah. want to ruffle I mean, the feathers or cause any fucking lawyers to call me. It, it, <laughs> fucking fuck the lawyers. Don't call me. At the end of the day... Encore did it. In your 20s, you are going to make mistakes when you're making that much money. Yeah, you just... We you, were printing you grew too money fast. faster than we could spend it. Yeah. And it was insane. And along the way... The most painful part of that entrepreneurship journey for me was that there was no one to go to for advice. As a kid, immigrant, I was born in India. I know earlier we said born and raised in Jersey. But uh, the network of people I could go to that made half a million dollars a year was very small. <clears throat> there, sure, there were some college professors you could go to for advice when you got to the one, two, three, four, five million. But after that, there was no one. Who do you go to when you're at 10 million? Who do you go to when you're at 50 million? Who do you go to when you're getting sued in weird class actions that you know you didn't actually do anything wrong in? And there's just no one that was there looking out for us. And when we got to a certain point, yeah, there was the billionaires that had interest in us and people who had larger brands that are interested in talking, but they didn't want to help me. They just wanted to take everything that we had and strip it from us. And yeah, they wanted to talk to you and steal. I mean... <clears throat> There's people that I would love to throw under the bus in the system where, you know, they taught me everything not to do in mergers and acquisitions. Uh, I mean, there's this guy, Ryan Blair, gave me a bunch of advice about how to go about what we were going to do with Shreds, what the next steps were, so on and so forth. But spending three months with the guy, all he wanted to do was figure out how to steal my model and bring it to what he was doing because whatever brand he had just wasn't working out for him. You see how low my grass is cut? Yeah. I cut that shit low so I can see some fucking snakes slithering in it. I do that in Dude. business, too, because people want to just fucking take and take and take. And that's it's like a blood sport business. It's, it's fucked up, but it doesn't have to be that way. And you don't know what you don't know. So when these guys, you know, again, in my 20s, are taking you out for drinks 
and start asking you questions. You're not still in your 20s? No, not still in you my 20s. You look like you'd be like 29. 37. I turn 38 pretty soon, hopefully before this episode November? Comes out. Uh, no, October 25th. Ooh, that's my sister's Scorpio. Birthday. Scorpio. I'm a Scorpio, too. But not a minor in astrology, astronomy. They're close. I'm going to fuck those up forever. So, I mean... It's kind of like there and there. Yeah, I guess. So these guys will take you out for drinks, and, you know, Ooh. you would open up to them because they're a trusted mentor, and you would tell them about your you issues with your partners. Them? <clears throat> and these guys would just totally take advantage of you. Yeah. And so... They just wanted to know what you had. And, I mean, hey, I'm happy to tell everyone how we did it. I challenge anyone to try doing it the way that we did. And a lot of people... So if you could sum up how you did it, how did you do it? And then we just talked <clears> about <throat> some of it, but... Let me, let me tell you some facts, right? Because you can't really argue with the facts or statistics. So a lot of big companies... You could flip stats and statistics, though, to have two sides of the argument, though. Sure, but we're not going to worry about the argument here. I'm just going to... It's kind of like climate some... change. You can give guys the same data on climate change, and one has a theory that, you know, it's not melting, and then the other guy shows you how we're fucked in, like, five years. Hey, listen, man, four out of five dentists recommend Crest. They're paid for that. At the end of the day, Definitely marketing... Did, did you is, market that for them? I did not. I wish I did, though. I, uh, I might steal it for a supplement campaign for one of my clients. What are you going to brand for me? Anything you want, man. What are we doing? I mean, I, I, I can't keep you with Evan. He's really good at what he does. We're not getting rid of Evan. No, no I just don't want to undo anything that he did. We're not undoing it. Okay. So Evan do I do me. something on the side or do I help the pit? You help the pit. You get in the fucking pit. You get in fireside. So am I going to walk on fire? If you want to. I mean, we don't make new members do that, but it sounds fun, actually. It'd be a good vlog. Wait, should, we, should we record that, Evan? You down? <laughs> okay. Can you walk on fire? Um, yeah. It's no problem. Right. I'm Indian. It's part of my blood. Do they do that? Yeah. Oh, We're the shit. ones who invented all of that. Mm. I mean, actually, I don't know. You could fact check me on that, but I'm just going to go ahead and take credit. You get another lawsuit. So... If you think about something as simple as human psychology, there are really big brands that run massive studies that anyone could find online and just go talk to them. So giant supplement company, Herbalife, <clears throat> I went and did all this research on everything that they do. So what do you think is the number one reason someone doesn't buy a protein jar again in month two? You've had supplements. You understand what protein is? Because they don't have a quick, easy... Buy again button. I wish that was the reason, man. When I heard the reason, I laughed so hard, I couldn't believe it. Because they it? never opened it. They never opened the first container? They bought it off an emotional whim of wanting to have a lifestyle change. It didn't show up to their house for five days, ten days, whatever, after that, the order they're happened. They are over it. The movement, the, like, all the momentum was gone. Went straight into a cupboard. They never opened it. Immediately, one of my secret sauces was I created a systematic approach to notify these people when the shipment arrived, get them to send us photos of the shipment, work with them to create their first protein shake, and we were able to get 135% rebuy on month two. Customer Jersey, you need to talk to George Bryant. I would love to, man. Do you know George? I mean, he was on your show. He's been in my training. He wasn't on my show, but he's been at events with me. He's on your YouTube. Is he on my YouTube? I think he's yeah. on one of the things. No. No? Okay. Like, Montana guy, Marine. Friends with some of those guys we talked about. 
uh, but super smart guy. Let's make it happen, man. Yeah, customer journey. I mean, I know he works a lot with, with Rob and Dana. So <clears throat> another piece of secret sauce of what made Shred so successful. What do you think is the number one reason people show up to a gym after they get a gym membership? Hot checks. Again, I wish I took this answer in any way but laughing my ass off. They go to the gym because they have a gym partner and they don't want to let that gym partner down. I got that stat from LA Fitness who polled all of their members of what's getting them to show up to the gym or versus just being... So you were selling supplements and then you were doing <clears throat> virtual training with them. No, man, we started giving nutrition guides and coaching plans, and we trained our entire team to become NASM certified First trainers. Form's big on that, still. <laughs> You're welcome, First Form. Yeah. I mean, someone needs to write me a royalty check. But we literally would coach these people and hold them accountable with the supplements and with their fitness routines. And what happens in month two? They come back and they buy again. You know what's so crazy is you, you still sense a little bit of your bitterness a little bit? A little bit of your bitterness for a lot of the things that you were so far ahead of the curve. But the biggest lesson that everybody should take out of that, and, and you obviously have learned it the hard way, is get good people around you that protect your fucking intellectual property. And, yeah. and, and it's extremely important. That's like a lot of times like I give shit away, and that was Keaton... You know, being like, Ryan, stop doing it for free, dude. Like, I get you make good money. I get you want to turn around and help people. Like, fucking go get paid for what you're doing. You're going to do a coaching with someone, charge them seven to ten grand at least. Like, get some money out of it. You're giving them millions of dollars in future revenue with the information you can shorten the learning curve in three months. And I never looked at it that way. Um, but I've been dealing with business owners for a long time, 15 years now, 16 years. And... You know, liability, you know, theft of, of IP. I mean, theft of IP is done at the highest levels of, of government, right? China has been doing it to the U.S. forever. Um, I'm sure we do it to other countries. Um, but, you know, protecting all that stuff, like what... And I don't want to ask you what would you have done differently. It doesn't fucking matter because you're still that guy. And you actually just got to not, you know, for lack of a better term, like, you know... Sorry if this offends you. You just got to not be a pussy. You know, you just got to fucking go for it and use that same brain. Don't get caught up on that girl that broke your heart. Don't get caught up on the fucking partner who did you wrong. Don't get caught up on any of that shit. Like, you're just going to crush. And that's where your headspace is now. Yeah, I love you for giving it to me straight, man. I appreciate yeah. that. You know what it is? When you dredge up the whole past, it's hard to not have any type of emotional tie to everything. But... It's I all, would have emotional tie, but it would just be kill all. Yeah. It would kill everybody. When? At, at the end of the day, there's more than enough for everyone in the industry to eat. And so I don't hold any grudges against anyone. I have nothing but love for my ex-partners, my ex-employees, and everyone that were there. I still work with a ton of my ex-employees that were from there and new projects. Guys like Albert? <laughs> Albert is the man. Mm -hmm. And so Albert Fayette, he's great. If that, if I was, if I, if that guy worked for me... There's no doubt he'd be making minimum 200 grand a year. He should go somewhere else. Albert needs to come back working for me, but he's happy where he's at right now. I know he's happy. But we can arm wrestle for him. I don't want him because I have nothing to do. I, I, he can't sell financial products. You'd be surprised. He Albert probably could. Sell anything. He probably could. So I, I just... handsome lately. You see him? He's getting married this weekend. I am so excited for that boy. Yeah. He's been wanting to be married for a long time. Yeah. And so, I thought for a little while he was going to marry a dude. But 
he ended up with a nice chick. Long Island girl. I haven't got to meet her yet, but I hear she's amazing. Two Lake Riv guys end up with Long Island chicks. My wife's from Long Island. Oh, look at that. <clears throat> She's from Long Island. And, I mean, his kid is, is so cute. Yeah. He's constantly posting Albert photos. Albert Jr. Yeah, exactly. It's Albert Jr. When are you going to have a kid? Soon I hope, man. Just got married. Let us have our honeymoon period for a little bit longer where, you know, it's just the two of us. Did, you go, did you go on a honeymoon? Yeah, it was Italy. Mm. Three weeks, longest vacation of my life. Amalfi Coast? All of it. Mm. Wine? I mean, I gave up alcohol about six months ago, mm. but my wife enjoyed yeah, all of the Tuscany Good for her. wine opportunities. The What's your wineries. wife's name? What'd you say? What's your wife's name? Saranya. Saranya. Yeah. I like that. Pretty name. She's a superhero, man. She works at a nonprofit in Newark called Integrity House, helping people with rehabilitation of their lives. It's, it's amazing. Good for her. Good. She's helping you. She's the best. So I'm going to, like, shift off of shreds and, you know, to, to end and, and put a cap on the shreds part, you had a complete debacle falling apart with partners, and you lost, you went from, you know, not being able to spend the money as, as, as fast as you guys were making it to being, you know, negative $2 million in debt because of PGs you signed off on um, and ousted, uh, essentially, out of the company, uh, all of the companies. Um, we just talked about how that made you feel. Obviously, we talked about bitterness, right? <clears throat> and, uh, you know, that's a tough life lesson, but your story's not over. It's actually probably just beginning. And uh, I'm excited to, to observe. You know, I don't know you that long. I don't know you that, that deep, but uh, I think you have good intentions. I'm pretty good at reading people. Thanks, man. And uh, I want everybody in my community to connect with Encore. And it's actually Encore. That's actually Un- perfect. Core. Impressive. Yes. I have an Indian background. I didn't want to go into that, but we'll talk about that later. Mike Gorman's friends. Yeah, yeah. Rati, he brought me in. It was, it was over from there. But I want to get into the digital space a little bit further and, and, and talking about, like, the Black Friday thing. So, for example, you know, my coaching is $7,000, but my first, like, love, my first passion when I did this was to turn around and be like, yo, I can help guys that's making 50 grand make 100. Like, guys, just so you know, that's not hard. Like, really isn't. It, it's, it's their own limiting belief, most of it. That's 90% of it. Just just removing those blinders that are on their own fucking eyes and being like, here, bud, it's just over here. Just just walk that way. Um, or take the guy making 200 to 400, right? I just did that not too long ago myself. And then take the guy from half a million to a million, um, which I just did over the last few years myself. Um, and I've worked with a ton of business owners for 16 years, ranging from, you know, $10 million of wealth up to, you know, $200 million of wealth. So I've seen it all. And um, none of them are any different than us. They put their pants on, pants on just like us. They brush their teeth just like us. They eat just like us. And, you know, getting people to understand that is extremely important to me. And... Sometimes I know the young guy that is looking to get coaching may not be able to afford seven grand, but I also value myself, right? And it's, it's a hard balancing act of like, you know, guys like Keaton, you know, it's, it's like $125,000 a year for one-on-one coaching now. <clears throat> yeah. 125 grand. Like what? I'm so glad I got him for three grand a month. Like, 
like that's crazy like a lot of people and i'm not and like good for him he's got that supply and that demand but what about that guy that's a good dude like the young kid trevor that I took out of the truck his dad struggled with addiction meth truck driver lifestyle trevor's like glows dude like he always laughs at me when i tell him stuff like this because i'm not that type of guy that talks like that but i'm like dude like you just glow happiness like everybody loves you dude like you're a great dude um just naturally like why wouldn't you want to help that guy win he couldn't afford to pay me back then when i started doing this for free just to prove concept you changed his life this kid's gonna make a half a million dollars this year yeah it's fucking insane it changed his wife's life they're getting married soon his, his daughter riley's life like his his brother's life he can impact everybody's mother he can impact everybody around them with that money right and he's not gonna stop at a half a million of course not. It's like Tom Brady stopping after one he's Super Bowl. He's just getting Bowl. started. He's literally just getting started. We all are. Yeah. The, all this whole movement is getting started. You and I are just getting started. It's gonna it's gonna do big shit. I already feel it. I know it. Um, astrology is talking to me. So I want to do Black Friday. I want to give a deal, but like it, you're. This is this is not. You know, my wife walks in the fucking the store and every day at, at uh, you know, Old Navy, it's a, it's a sale, sale, sale. It's like retail like sucks. You guys suck. That's why you're all burning to the ground. Yeah. It's a sale. It's a fake ass sale. One time a year, you're going to get discounting on Ryan's coaching and it's going to be Black Friday, Small Business Saturday and Cyber Monday. Why do you want to do this? I already started rolling out some emails and some <clears throat> newsletters and some other stuff that are being written by Carly, my, my copy girl, and she helps me with some of this marketing. But, like, dive deeper into, like, what the digital approach to that is. But why do you want to do this? I want to do it to generate $100,000 of total income in a pop of that, that period. And I want to try to impact as many people as I can that would be able to now reach that pricing. Like, I'm money motivated. I don't, I don't ever deviate from it. But... At the same time, I want to fucking help people. That is the most rewarding part. I could have kept just being money motivated in finance. Yeah. So you're going to hate my answer, man. I, I don't think you should go that route. I'm not going to hate it. You're <clears throat> educate um, me. So here's the thing. In any coaching program that I've ever consulted for or show them the way that it works, there's always three key issues with why they're not growing at the scale that they want to grow in. One, they're not charging enough, which I don't think you are, mm-hmm. for the value of what you bring. I am growing pretty good. I, I, I have some pretty good yeah, numbers. But you on want it. to grow more aggressively. Yes. Right? Or you want to widen your reach. I don't want to grow the group more aggressively. I want to grow my one on one coaching. It's twofold because I want to go into the more complex world because that's how my brain operates, especially when it comes to the finance side of things and putting a deal together. And you're allowed to have different levels. So. And then I want to help the young guy like Trevor. So. Every single person has had the same three issues, right? They're either not charging enough, they're not expanding their offer enough to get to the point where there's something for a guy like Trevor to gain. And then and three, if they really care about guys like Trevor, they got to just have a fund for guys like Trevor. Yeah, just be able to put money into them. You think I wouldn't give you a couple thousand dollars to help out the next Trevor? Mm-hmm. Of course I would. Yeah. I'm not the guy who is like the old music execs that's like, hey, because I found you, I want to get 10% from you forever, yeah. and I'm going to give back. Mm-hmm. And if you had a fund from all the different guys that are heavily successful, you would be able to help out any one of those Trevors whenever you find out. So you really did watch every episode, because I already talked about this a hundred times. But that's what you need to do. But that's that's what we're, we're going to put together. It, it, it will be a, a charity. It will be a 501c. Um, and it would essentially be like Shark Tank, but we're not asking for any, any interest. We're not asking for any... Anything back. 
And, and that's the shit that, dude, that's the shit that gets me choked up and upset. And I don't get upset about you. Like, fucking turn around and fucking help people, dude. Like, why don't you fucking help? And I, I love some of these guys that do business with me, man. I love some of these people in the Shore area. They're some of the wealthiest motherfuckers around here. Like, why aren't you turning around and helping people? You know, and, and when I do ask once in a while, people do respond, right? Elon, Brielle, Brielle Dentistry, how can I help right now? I'm like, dude, there's a couple of young couples that would love to come to Couple Street. They can't afford six Gs. You know, he's six grand. Sent, sent Matt over to Stripe next day. You know, like, imagine there was 200 of us doing that. Like, it's not going to cost us, you all threw in 10 grand a year. You're not convincing the community that you're vetting the opportunity at, at a at a scale that is visual. So, for example, any one of my friends could hit me up, like, hey, I have this person I met and they need help. Because it came through my friend, I'll help. Yeah, I'll give them shit off my back, right? Yeah. But then there's guys who will just, like, walk up to me at Lifetime Gym, knowing for whatever reason they saw me on social, saw my podcast, whatever, and come ask me for something. And I'm like, dude, like, I haven't vetted you. Like, we're going to have a real conversation. I'm here just trying to get a pump. Like, this isn't the right setting. But I feel like... You saying, okay, why aren't enough people getting involved? The the obstacle there is like is I shouldn't say a lot of people are getting involved, but it should be at a, at a higher demand. If if you the right people, if you focused on the people that are looking for help, the way that they focused on like Nigerian malnourished kids, feed this kid for twenty five cents a day, everyone would write a check. Mm. Right, you're worried about why aren't more people joining? But that the can't group. be your marketing. If that can't be your marketing, if I also want to market to you, I could coach you. Sure, I read sure you. Can. I read you. Right? Where, what is your bitterness still there? Why is it still there? Your headspace, right? Bro, you market yourself so well. You can have multiple levels. I don't market shit. I'm just fucking Ooh, me. Shit. But I'm just me. What do you think we're doing right now? I love this. We're in my backyard hanging marketing. out. I have a bourbon, and we're this talking. This is real marketing. This isn't the fake nonsense where people are slapping a, f- a photo and posing and doing whatever else. This is where you're allowing the community to get to know you. But it's, it's just what we wanted to do and how we could help and reach more. You don't realize that you're doing marketing right now. I do. That's awesome. I do, but I'm not, it, that's not my first intent. Sure, but you're smart. You know what you're doing. Of course I, mean, I do. At the, end, at the end of the day, if you marketed the case of the person who needs the help, you wouldn't, I, I would challenge you. But how, do I have two streams of marketing then? I have the guy that, that I'm going to that has a $100 million company that I'm trying to get him the more freedom and happiness in his life. And then the Trevor. And not Trevor anymore. He needs to fucking pay me, but. Listen, man, I mean, I market my services in three different angles and I don't have a single problem with, with doing it. Someone will bring me on as an advisor. I take 2.4% of advisor shares and I have a small stipend to just cover travel so I can go visit them and whatever they need. They hire me as an agency to do whatever they need, and that's, like, the guy's doing... So um, someone hires you in Florida? Yeah. Coming to bring you down to, to build you a brand. What's the stipend? 2500 a year, plus 2.4% in advisor shares. 2500 flies me to a, you know, $70 spirit flight. I can go back there whenever I want to help them out with whatever mm-hmm. they need. Um, you fly spirit? I, I'll upgrade to the big seat. The big seat's awesome, man. I spirit, dude. Spirit's sketchy. Hey, if it can get me from point A to point B, that's all I care about when it comes to flights. Yeah, I care about that when you're dead. Well, better have uh, big life insurance. I don't think any flight has uh, crashed from Newark to to Miami, so I think we're safe. The numbers Spirit are there. Spirit flies out of Newark now. Yeah. Really? Yeah. No shit. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were just AC. 
No, it's all over the place. You ever see the Spirit? Instagram? Spirit's not my go-to airline at all. I'm just throwing out a, a silly joke there for the flight to Orlando or like Miami. It's like sixty bucks. It's like it's yeah. ridiculous. But uh, the that person will get access to my network. That person will get access to all the answers that I wish I had when I started mm-hmm. for for just being an advisor on their company with the advisor shares and whatever happens. You can bring me on as an agency and whatever from A to Z, whether you need me from B to F or whether you need me from O to Z, I'll help you with whatever part of the business that you need and I charge a hefty price for it. Or three, I open up my checkbook and I invest in the, in the business because I love what they're doing and then I put them in my accelerator and I put them on the rocket ship. Mm-hmm. You, could, you, you, you could easily do that with what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, the fund is something I've talked about literally hundreds of times. I've talked about it on the podcast. I'm I, tired of hearing about it from the past 48 hours. Yeah. You watch too many episodes. Too many episodes. I'm so sorry to Saranya. She, this poor girl had to overhear me watch everything. She's like, who is this guy, Ryan? He's annoying. But she knows everything about you. Ugh. Saranya, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry that you married this guy and he listened to every single podcast. You could have listened to it too and got the cheese. You know, got the feel. So, going back to the Cyber Monday, the Black Friday. So, I don't go that route at all? I don't think you should do that, man. It just dilutes my brand. It dilutes your brand instantly. And then you're going to have a hard time with everyone because there's an opportunity to reduce the price of what you're doing. Right, the shoe brand that I wear is this brand called Thursday Boot. They yeah, never Thursday. ever yeah. do a discount, not once. But they market that it's the lowest sustainable markup for what they do, and they just do gifts with purchase for Black Friday, where they do like a belt or whatever. I mean, charge that seven thousand and say that as long as you do this, you get to attend this event for free. That's another cost, but yeah. Sponsors. You coming to the couples retreat? I don't think we're free or in town that weekend, but I did see your post about it next year or the next one. Good deal. It is. Yeah. Forty-two fifty. I mean, the price isn't a concern. You got to get in the pit, too. You let me know when, man. There's great people in there, man. There's other people you can help out. I mean, I, I'm I'm ready to join the community and help you guys in any way that I can. It's one forty-seven a month. You spend more money on monsters. I unfortunately do spend more money on monsters. Yeah, no, uh, the, I believe Matt. Matt hasn't sent me a link yet to check out on, but I'm sure I'll take care of that after this. Yeah, Matt, Matt sent him a stripe. The, uh, to round this out, what I've been doing, and we talked a little bit you know, longer on business, and we can go round and round and round with digital infrastructure and ads and all that stuff. I don't want to bore too many people. I want to talk about some trending topics. It's a new part of my podcast that we launched about six podcasts to go. And there's nothing more that I would want to talk about than Israel and, and Palestine and Hamas and this, this tragic attack that went on. Um, it's crazy out there right now. In, in Israel. What, what is your thoughts on this? You know, how do you look? Because it? it's like you have so many people that are like, like, we're not mad at Israel. We don't give a fuck. We definitely don't like the terrorists, but, like, America's done defending people. And then it's like, no, we got to help to help help Israel help the Jews and you know and then there's this other small you know fraction of people that are like you know protesting in the middle of Britain and you know raped their daughters and like what like what the fuck did that guy just say imagine someone was driving down Point Pleasant hanging out the roof saying you know 
rape Jews' daughters? Like, what? Like, you'd get fucking shot. I mean, I, I think it's a shame how communities have been divided over centuries of years, right? I mean, this happened in India. You look at India and the Pakistan conflict. I mean, it's the same thing that's happening over there right now. So, I mean, people came in, divided the communities, and they've hated each other ever since. They've had their dramas and, and you know, what's going on. It, it, I'm, not saying it's not, I'm not saying it hasn't been there. That's a, that's a great way to gloss over the question, but what do you, what do you really, like, feel about it? Like, you, like, they say there's 50 heads beheaded as children. Moss rolled into these towns and just killed 50 Jewish ki- kids. I, I don't know if that's true. Right, the, pop, the propaganda machine is very good at what they do and creating narratives. I don't know. Military complex is very good at what they do, and they want money, and they're hungry. They haven't had a war in a long time. They're itching, right? So I don't know what's what, but let's just take it for a grain of salt that these type of horrific acts are going on, and they're killing kids, and they're raping girls. And that girl they paraded around Gaza, she looked like her fucking back was snapped, and her legs were like the opposite side in the back of the pickup truck. And these guys are like, ah, you know, like, you have no emotion towards that? I think human cruelty is terrible in any shape or form. Is it our responsibility to get involved and help? I mean... I don't know if it is either. I, I'm someone who likes to protect everyone at my core of anyone who I can If you have protect. money. I mean, it takes power and money to do things. America's got a lot of money if we keep printing it. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know what news to trust and what news not to trust. And, I, I mean... It's terrible what's happening over there, but I wouldn't know how to help or how to get involved with the right group. I'm not asking you to help. I'm just saying, like, how do you look I mean, it at sucks. it? I, I hate, I hate hearing about any one of these acts mm. across any community on this planet. Mm. I mean, why can't we all just love each other and get along? But, I mean, there's history and there's nuance to the, to the hate. But, but, the, but you can't, and they hate. I mean, they, they literally want to rape young Jewish girls and like, like they say, it's not like, I'm, oh, I'm not making I, it sound like they say it. I'm not saying it's good. The like Hamas is like, you know, death to anybody not Muslim, right? And I have a ton of Muslim friends and I'm not putting them in a box. Like that's an extremist, right? Just like a very far right extremist in America or a very far left CNN or MSNBC or, you know, Biden, right? So like what side do you see yourself on? whatever side isn't killing people. They're both killing people. So, I mean, I mean, there's there's bad people on both sides. Potentially. No, there's no potential. There's bad people on both sides. There's, there there's is. people killing other life, right? There is. And it's complex. It's a complex world. Right? Intelligence, military complex. Who funded the extremist group? We just gave Iran $6 billion. I mean, wherever the money is getting pulled from and whoever's pulling the strings and whatever they're... they're Fan bikes is. came over the border and just started killing oh, people. That's what it was? Fucking, they were on, like, power gliders. Like, what? The, you're, I, the, you're, Israel has some of the best technology, Iron Dome, fucking security, intelligence, Mossad. I mean, some of the smartest people in the world. And they, these people just got over the border out of nowhere. It's just, it's a crazy topic. Obviously, you're a very good diplomat, so you're not, I can't get too much out of you on it. There's bad people on both sides. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I obviously agree with that. Yeah. Um, and our government's no better. Um, every community has bad I think our actors. people are better than every other country. That's the only difference. I mean, I'm, I'm American through and through. Yeah. I, I also identify as Indian through and through, but, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't love everything that our country does. Do you identify as he, she, or like a he? <laughs> My pronouns are he, him. 
Yeah. And like I said, I don't think I love everything that our country does, but I hope our country can continue to get better mm -hmm. because I, mean, I want to have kids soon and I hope my kids are in a country that I can be proud of. And I mean, that's all I can hope for, right? Yeah. All right. Listen, I agree. So I won't spend any more time on trending topics. We've spent a lot on that. But uh, it's, it's horrific. It's crazy. Horrific. It's absolutely disgusting on, on both ends. And and I feel that it's just going to drag America into a war. Um, it's unreal. But rounding this out, I'd like to ask two questions. If you can give a young entrepreneur one single piece of advice, what would it be? Talk to a financial planner right away. A good one. A good one. I mean... And an attorney. I know you're a little biased, but the reality is... I'm not biased. I hate advisors. But the reality is, as a young entrepreneur, as soon as you find success, because you're going to find success, whether you read books and you learned what not to do, whether you talk to older people, whatever it is that you need to do to find a path forward, when you find that success, you got to know what to do with it. Good attorney and a good advisor. Yeah, I mean, that IP protection is key. Or a good coach, a good mentor. Mentors are hard to find these days. Yeah, and the right ones. You're doing a great job of helping people find better mentors and, and do what they're doing, especially in your community. I've sifted. I've paid for it. I found the good ones, the bad ones. But there's not enough of you in every community. I'd say a financial planner, I mean, they're, they have a fiduciary responsibility to guide you properly of what to do with the money. Mm. As I said, you're biased. Honestly. I mean, I'm in this so, community, so. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, that's one thing I wish I wish you had, man. I mean, a lot of things would have been different for me throughout my life if I had a good financial advisor. But I was making decisions based off of... Do you think you were just spending recklessly? Absolutely. Yeah. But... What was the most reckless thing you spent money on? Oh, man. Bottle, the most reckless. A bottle of the John Walker. Mm. How much? 16 grand. That's not that bad. It was reckless, though. I was out with some high school friends, and they knew I had money, and then there was, like, a bet to buy this. And it was a bottle that lasted all of 10 minutes. Mm. And it was just a silly purchase. Was it good? It was fabulous. Best, best scotch I've ever had in my life. Where's the best place you ever traveled with that money? With money? With that money, that time, that, that era, that season of your life. <sighs> I had a lot of fun in Australia. I had a lot of fun in Netherlands. Even though I was the shortest person in the Netherlands, because everyone was like seven foot tall, and I don't know how that's possible. But uh, Hawaii, favorite place to travel to, period. I mean, oh, obviously after the fires, I don't know how it is right now, but hopefully once that community rebuilds and everything, Hawaii is a, a place that I would love to go back to. Good. New question. New question. What's one business that more people should consider starting? Why? This is a new question. So what is one business that more people should consider starting and why? Man, when you said that people should start more charitable organizations to help other people, I feel like not enough people in our communities give back and do it in a way that there's accountability for everyone around them. It's not that hard to start one. It's not that hard to fundraise. It's not that hard to do the things like my wife, She's aspirational for me. Her whole career has been in nonprofits, and that's tough. I mean, you don't get paid shit. Just, the, the money isn't great on her side, right? But she loves what she does, and 
I didn't know about how many types of 501c organizations there are. The 501c9s, the 501c8s. Yeah, as I started learning... Schools, churches, this, that. It's... As I started learning about how much grant money is out there that's available for people who just care and try to do something, it blew my mind. Yeah, it's there. It's there to grab. I mean, something as simple as life insurance. Mm -hmm. There's there's nonprofit life insurance companies that will actually give you life insurance for like a fifth of the cost of all the big guys. There's life insurance companies that will match your death benefit proceeds that you send to a 501c. I mean, all of these things... Which is national gonna, life. You're One not going to learn about it unless you start. And I feel like the more people who start nonprofits will learn that all these things are out there and that there are these programs to help and then actually make a difference in their community. Yeah, I like that. What, so what should I call the fund? Fireside fund? No. No, that's not marketable whatsoever. <laughs> um... I, I promise to get you an amazing name within 24 hours. Good. I like it. Well, dude, this has been fun. We'll go chit-chat a little bit more. I want to I pick your brain if I can keep you for five or ten more minutes. Yeah, you got me for as long as you want, man. And, uh, but you got to come on my show next. We're coming. We're going to do it in maybe around Christmas time. Can't wait. Santa will bring you a little gift. I love it. A little gift. We're going we're gonna to do it fun. What are your questions going to be? Am I going to tell you that right now? I mean, hit me with one of them at least. Who would you shave your beard for? I mean, my immediate responsibility. Actually, wait, before you answer Why that, do I have to shave my you beard? You better put it on the blog, on the vlog, if you're ever going to shave the beard. Okay? Everyone needs to see the pain and the trauma of that experience. <laughs> I mean, why would I shave that it? That would be vulnerability on the spot. Who would I shave it for? I'd shave it for someone that passed away and I was going to their wake and their beard always bothered them and I'd do it out of respect. That's a great answer, man. Do you think your kids would recognize you without the beard? No. <laughs> I don't think my wife would recognize me without my beard. I threatened it once yeah. in a fight. I was like, I'm going to shave the beard off. Yeah. And immediately, She's like, I'll the fight divorce was over. you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see your baby ugly face. <laughs> All right. We're going to end this. This is good. This has been fun. Appreciate the banter. I appreciate the gems, the nuggets. The vulnerability. Um, you hate my vlog, I'll step it up. I'm just going to start doing donuts on my neighbor's lawns on my truck. And I believe in you. You can do better. I appreciate it. I believe in me, too. We are new to the vlog game, though. We're about five weeks in. You have a responsibility to be better. You have Evan. We do have. Well, Most people out there don't even we have, have Evan. Evan. We have Evan part-time. we got to get him in full We can time. fix that. We're going to get him. I appreciate you. I appreciate your journey. Um, I hope to be on it with you moving forward. So, cheers. Don't drink too much caffeine. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to learn more about it, check out the links below.